You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Tequila. Dude, so um, I I need to uh, I need to apologize. Yeah, you do. I'll say you do um, for uh, for missing out on the uh, on board game night over at the Throw Kilts. Well, it's okay. My life with the Throw Kilts. It sounds like uh, you had something very important to take care of. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, the wrestling was, was going on. WWE's Money in the Bank. That's right. Uh, now Luke had asked me to come by earlier in the week. And Luke Skywalker. Is, yes, I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> You're a little short for a stormtrooper. <laughs> Look, bitch, you can stay in the cell if you want. Um, wow. No. It's, it's Hashtag me too. Different take. Uh, no, so he had invited me earlier in the week. His wife and his child were out of town. And he was like, hey, did you feel, maybe you want to come on by? Well, we could watch Money in the Bank and just kind of hang out. You know, I know you got, you're a father too and you got your kid and stuff. But, maybe, you know, if you, if you wanted to. I was like, you know what? If I can, yeah, I'd love to come on by. And then it was like the day before. Where you and Jenna and, and Shanna had written us and were like, <laughs> hey, guys. hey guys, we're going to be doing this thing if you want to come on by. And uh, I had actually had to have like a, a heart to heart with Sarah about it where I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to bail on Luke mm. and I don't want to be rude and not go to their thing. And Well, uh, you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. We uh, So we, we divided and conquered. And, uh, I like that. Sarah said that she had a really great time. We got the better half, yeah. yeah you sure did. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Harper apparently had a blast hanging out with Mina. Oh my God, Moana. seeing the two of them like just run around on the couch. and what? So there is something going on. Like There's like subliminal messages in these Disney movies that anybody under the age of like four, mm-hmm. they're just... Me- it's like crack, man. Yeah. Then it was funny. Like Walt even like turned the the TV on. Is like, hey, you guys want to watch uh, kids instantly be uh, <laughs> be hypnotized, transfixed? And it was like they heard the first note, and yeah. it was like, and then eyes were on the TV <laughs> for like the next ninety minutes. It was crazy. That is something that we're wrestling with right now. Ooh, uh, wrestling. We did a little too much. Dude, you're such a dick. <laughs> we did, we've we've had Harper's watched a little a little much TV, maybe. Uh, We've gotten her into Peppa Pig and yeah. you know Moana. She loves her Disney movies and stuff. There's a show on Netflix she watches called Word Party, uh, and so now she's like always requesting it. She's like, I want to watch, watch Word, some Party? Word Party. I that wa- sounds watch educational. Some, watch some Peppa Pig, and yeah, it's educational. But we don't want her like always looking in at in front a TV of a TV. Screen. All right, and it's Fair tough enough. with Sarah and I with our jobs, and you know, it, it's it's really tempting to just sit her down and be like, yeah. Because you can't get anything done. Like this, yesterday, I stayed home. I worked from home. Uh, Harper doesn't have, uh, right now, she doesn't have school on Tuesdays or Thursdays. And uh, and so I stayed home with her. And she also happened to be sick, too. Aww, so whenever I try to do work, here she comes. She's crawling in my lap. And I love her. And I want to I hang out with her. I want to play with her. I want to read her all the books that she wants to read. She, she, had, she had grabbed my Willow movie novelization. I saw that. Because it was just sitting on the table. And she's like, read this? I was like... Oh no, no, we're not. We're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, she just she wants to read all the books, and I love to read all that to her. But man, I still got to get some work done. Daddy's got to so work. Eventually, I was like, "How about we watch some word party?" And just turned on the TV and was like, "Okay, now I can try to get some stuff done." Uh, so there's yeah, no shame in that. There, uh, I know, I know. But there's, I guess, a little bit of a personal shame. Like you feel like. I could be so much better as a parent right now. You, you are being a good parent by making a living and uh, putting a roof over her head and clothes on her back and food in her belly. Right? Wouldn't you yeah. say? I, you Look know at it what? that You're way. Right. She won't appreciate it. I'm gonna and go we'll, home. We're just going to put her in front of the TV all the time. <laughs> She'll hold it against you until she's 21. But, you know, hey, wow. small price to pay, right? Yeah, sure. Our guest can speak to that. He's uh, got a... <laughs> A girl He's in college. He's gone I through have, it all. I have kids. Yes. Why don't you? Uh, g- could you repeat what you were saying to us earlier about your favorite one? I, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> if I say that, then she can't become a listener. She. Okay. <laughs> Wait, was that a giveaway? Uh. <laughs> uh, um, no, but the, uh, you know what? We appreciate the uh, the invite. I'm sorry that I couldn't make it. Um, no, no worries. But you were, you were missed. Uh, I did see. Uh, I saw a movie over the weekend. 
Oh, thought wow. I'd share a few nice. quick thoughts. We don't talk about movies on this podcast, no, yeah, yeah, so I'm afraid you're gonna have to we, save that. Sometimes Brian, like Joel or I, will see something else. Like we'll go to the theater and see something, just kind of give a quick, uh, a quick rundown, Little mini it. review. Uh, we saw uh, we. It was me. It was just me. <laughs> it was the royal we. Uh, checked out that movie Tag. Oh, oh, I'm hearing good things about that. It's, it's funny as hell. Is it? Yeah. It's a really funny movie. It's got John Hamm and uh, it's Jeremy Renner. Jeremy yeah, Renner. Uh, yeah. it, nice. it, it's also got a... Um, Did they explain why he the wasn't... Office, uh, the guy from The Office. Why he wasn't helping um, kill Thanos? No, they didn't explain <laughs> No, different movie. Okay. But the thing is, they do play him off. Like, they still give him kind of that action hero persona oh, yeah. in this movie. The basic story behind it is it's these friends, these five friends, and they've been playing the same game of tag for like 30 years. Based on a true story. Based on a true too. story. Uh, but in the story of the movie, it's every year in the month of May, the game is back on. Ah, uh, and, and so that's how they do it. And it turns out that this year, this friend of theirs, played by Jeremy Renner, who's never been tagged, oh. uh, he's getting married. And so they're having to make certain concessions, but they're trying to do it. Like, this is the year they're going to get him. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's funny. Like, the cat and mouse aspect of it is really good. There are parts of it that are a little sloppy from the script writing standpoint, eh. um, but for the most part, it's a really enjoyable film until you get to the end. And I'm not gonna—I don't want—I'm not gonna spoil anything, but okay. just when you get to the end of the movie, things take a turn. Oh, and at first you're like, "Well, no, this is a oh, this is for this is real. Oh, okay. Well, shit, they didn't prepare us for this. Uh, huh. And so that—that's all. I didn't—I didn't think that it worked from a narrative standpoint hmm. to kind of just throw this little twist in at the end. Uh, but, they, maybe they were trying to adhere a little too much to reality. Did this happen in real life? I don't Do know? know. I didn't research the okay. uh, the source material of way, it. Way to be prepared. But during the credits, it's really fun. They show like the actual YouTube videos. I love when they do that of the guys playing tag, like the real nice. people playing tag. That's cool. And I mean, you're laughing just as hard at these guys tagging each other as you did throughout the movie. That's amazing. So it's worth it. And to see John Hamm, and we talked about this once. I fucking love that guy. You know, it was off mic though, but. John Hamm is like the total package. I like, know. You buy him as like a heavy. You could buy him as a goofy character. Mm-hmm. He's able to kind of balance everything so well. And from everything you hear, he's also a super nice guy. And apparently, huge cock too. Yeah. So like, when you say he's got the full package, you, were, you, were, you meant it. You were not <laughs> kidding. Uh, yeah. So uh, so it's I, I would recommend that you check it out. Maybe it doesn't have to be a, a full price uh Maybe try to check out a matinee, yeah. but uh, but yeah, it's illegally download. I'm reading you loud and clear, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. There we go. I hear you. I've only ever seen him in uh, Black Mirror, which was really good. It's a, it's oh, a excellent the Christmas episode from fucking yes. show. man, that was dark. It's a dark, M- much like the entire series. I so love that show. You checked out The Lion King. Uh, oh yes, not the not the film. Although the day the after play. we saw the musical. They dropped like a little teaser trailer for the live action one that John Favreau is directing. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, and it and Dumbo they, pretty they much looks like a trailer for yeah, Dumbo. I'm too. actually more excited about that Dumbo yeah. than I am the Lion King because it kind of looks like a, okay, it's a one for one. Yes, this is what it would look like if you filmed actual animals. Although uh-huh. I don't know they're actually any real animals. No, I that. don't think so. They're all CG, mm-hmm. a la Jungle Book. I guess that's what John Favreau's career is going to be from here on out. Just doing remakes of all the old. Disney cartoons. Everything post-Iron Man. That has animals, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you could, you could do worse things. And but. Chef. He didn't... It, it, Chef was all CG, too. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> John Leguizamo was in mocap. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Every time you say the name John Leguizamo, I think you're getting ready to start a song. John... Like, 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 how, how like, bare naked go? ladies, chicken to China, the Chinese, <laughs> like, you said, John Leguizamo, like, like I, that, I don't know, just that REM song. Uh-huh. It's the end of, of the world as we know it. John Leguizamo, Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Lauren Bernson. <laughs> See, that's through your brother. Cut that part out, Jeff. Cut that part out. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you got you checked that out? You got so tattooed? the musical? I did. Look at you, you degenerate. It only took me 40 fucking years, right? Yeah. To join the rest of... Uh, at this point, like, I'm in the minority by not having a tattoo. Really? And, Is uh, that the, the path you want to go? I would... <laughs> what? Doing what everybody you, you else cl- does. You claim that you're a minority. It's now. not even. Oh, that nobody understands you. Yeah. Hey, we're making America great again, buddy. Yeah, sure we are. Um, <laughs> throwing throwing oh. kids in cages, man. Oh, geez. You know who did that? Really Mullerams. Oh, that's From right. Indiana, Indiana Jones is going to show up. Corlima. He's going to find Sivalinga <laughs> and bring back to us. Bring, bring back, back to, to us. Hey, so I was thinking about that. Are the stones? From Indiana Jones mm. and the Temple of Doom, right. Infinity Stones. Ooh, good call. Right? That's they're a little bigger. 
Well, and they have different markings. The on gems them. had to come from somewhere, and they're all pre- pretty much identical, right? That's right. Yeah. The spirit stone. So, well, I mean, the time stone and uh, the power stone. Yeah, and the, and the sunstone. I've got the power. That's where I get my yoga. Yeah. <laughs> sunstone. Uh, never mind. That's uh, a deep so, cut. so no, you've got. Are you going to post a picture of your tattoo? Uh, I probably. Well, now I guess I have to. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you you make it sound like it's nothing like yours. Joe has the. Uh, I don't. Have re- you shown our guest? I re- it's your, not like I have. It's not like I have a sleeve. No, but I'm just saying that they're they're nerd inspired. Yeah. You've got, uh, the got the Empire. imperial cog on one arm. I've got oh, the, nice. the the rebel alliance rebel alliance on logo the other. On the other. I've got the uh, the mark of Arthur Eld from the Stephen King books, the Dark Tower. Books. There you go. And, uh, and then, I've got uh, the supernatural anti-demon possession. Uh, get your own, get your own that's skate good company. protection, though. That's it is <laughs> everywhere you go. You've got protection on just you, just in case, man. You got it. You know, <laughs> you never know. Uh, so yeah. So mine's not nearly as nerdy. It doesn't represent it, a it's, film or movie. But, but it, uh, it looks like it's got a lot more sentimental meaning to it. It does. It's all about uh, me and me and the misses. Yeah, it's a little nice little. So compass. I don't have a tattoo that's well, hey, like Sarah related. Nothing stopping you, buddy. I guess supernatural kind of is. <laughs> How's that? But that's kind of a, one of our one of the things we first connected over Aww. was supernatural. Yeah. Like as our relationship was first blossoming, we got into supernatural together, and like I think what is like six seven. She'll probably uh, correct me on this. Six seven months into our relationship. We went to a supernatural convention. Oh, that's right. Where I was one of the few people who was chosen to go up on stage and sing Did with the, the karaoke. Cast. I've yeah. seen that video. Yeah. yeah. What are that's, those conventions like? It's uh Probably what there's you would a, expect. There's a, I mean, you got to spend a ton of money, I know, to actually get up close to see one of these there's a, it, it does cost a ton of money. Yeah. Supernatural conventions are different from any other convention I've ever been to. Whereas, you know, you go to the Dallas Comic Con, you spend a bunch of money to go in, and then, like, if you meet someone or not, you don't know. You walk like a floor, and Supernatural convention is way different. Like, you pay for your admission, and mm-hmm. your admission, you get a certain level of it, and on those certain levels, they guarantee you meeting this many people. Uh, I did like the epic gold package because at the time I was debt free and was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Splurge. Yeah, you yeah. only live once. Let's do this thing, which is a, a dumb mentality now that I've learned to have. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, I did that. And how this works is you get in, they put you in like this, this room and you sit down, you have a, a row and a seat that's assigned you for the entire weekend and you hang out there. They do all the Q and A's in this room. And then between Q and A's, they'll release people by rows and go to do their meet and greet things. And then when everyone's done and you come back, they do the next Q and A. You don't ever miss anything. Cool. Which is a it is yeah, a cool model is. for yeah. a convention. You don't miss anything. But it also like if you're not really interested in the Q and A that's going on, there's not really anything else you can go <laughs> I was do. Say yeah. if you're not interested in supernatural. <laughs> yeah, if you're not you're, really bad. If you're not interested in supernatural, to. you probably you're shouldn't place. buy tickets <laughs> to this. Made a poor life choice. Is there uh, anybody else here? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, though that's so. I guess that wow. tattoo kind of. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, that's nice. Well, there's still time. Yeah. yeah. Is there? I'm. Well, I mean, the our the next one because now I've kind of got the bug. Yeah. And uh, that one uh, may may have to be the. It's gonna the, be the editing bay. The, the, <laughs> well, the lady with the bleeding eyes. We'll get my, the lady. We'll, like you and I. We'll get, we'll get. We'll get tattoos. Dude, that'd be awesome. How about like you? You get one. You get. It's fuck. And I'll get King Gold. King Gold. <laughs> <laughs> like on our on our cocks, right? That's what you're thinking, right? Yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I might do the uh, <laughs> I do the Zelda Triforce, and that would be something that she could do too. And there's we there are of, no other Triforces. There is just the Zelda Triforce. I, you know, I had to say that for the listeners who maybe don't know what the Triforce is. You really think there are people that listen to us no, that bro. don't know what this? You could just Triforce stop is. with. Do you really think there's people who listen to us? <laughs> and I have <laughs> hard stop. for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> no man, that's uh, cool. Where would you get that? Actually, uh, cock man, weren't you listening? <laughs> the Triforce. <laughs> It's what I call my dick. It's the Triforce. It's courage and power. and Actually, those are my balls. <laughs> Wisdom. Uh, so, sorry, a lot of cock talk. Sorry. Where would you put this tattoo? <laughs> apologize to our guest here. Um, I don't know. Don't you worry. Somewhere. We'll introduce yeah. him here in a little yeah, bit. We've yeah. got a flow that Inside we Inside arm or maybe like your ankle. I don't know. I haven't really thought that out. I'm still waiting for this one to heal. Yeah. Well, it seems a little... Maybe just above your, above your, your butt. The taint. You make it your uh, your tramp stamp. Yeah, yeah, those are those are still in, right? Triforce. <laughs> Dude, there's a who would uh, ever see that? There's a uh, a wrestler named Lance Hoyt mm-hmm. who uh, he's semi famous uh, in the wrestling community, but he he does shows here, and apparently he he has a tramp stamp. He has like a he has like a butterfly tramp stamp that like, he got. Ironically, he, though, right? No, it was no, a, no it was a, it was a mistake in it the was 90s. A, it was a drunken evening, and he got a oh. tattoo and. 
So it's the, one of those things he tries to cover when How the does... wrestling show is going on, but like it'll eventually just fucking get it. And he wakes up and he says, "It's where? I mean, How does <laughs> <Yes>. that work?" <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was passed out through the whole thing. I, I guess so. I don't uh, know the story of how he got it. I just know it's there. I don't think they let you do that when you're unconscious. I don't think he was unconscious. Oh, okay. I well, no, just, no, but I mean, even if you're intoxicated, I, I had think to, he was intoxicated. I had to sign a little thing that said I haven't had any drugs I'm or alcohol. Sure if in you that. go to enough like uh, yeah. CD tattoo parlors, you'll yeah. find some places that'll be like, slip him all a, right, slip him a Benjamin. Yeah, I'll do anything you want. I'll be like, have you met my friend Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> want to meet the Triforce? <laughs> <laughs> just say no. Just say no. Uh, this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel, and this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and discuss it with each other we'll dissect it tear it apart see what it did right what it did wrong and then uh try to see if we could put it together maybe a little bit better than it originally was mm, impossible and this week's film sometimes we are fortunate enough to be joined by a guest uh the last time you heard him Ooh. was uh what was it year one I think so. Yeah, we were talking earlier, Brian. It was like three or four years ago. We were still in our, our old studio, yeah. studio number one. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about, we were talking uh, about Roach Man. Roach Man, your very own, written, directed, produced, edited, everything done by you, correct? Yes, Brian Harden's correct. Roach Man. And starring one Joe Cucinati. What's funny is I had gone back and I took a look at it, and your Harden Productions logo looks just like the Hillary Clinton logo oh, when she was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the H with the arrow and stuff, and I was ah. like, I was like, Fucking Hillary Clinton stole this from did. She did. But yeah, Brian Harden joining us again uh, to talk about 1999's Mystery Men. Another 1999 film yeah. from uh, this is a good year for film, I guess. Well, you- I was gonna say, I'm a very specific guest. You call me when it's when it's bad superheroes. superhero movies <laughs> that came out in 1999. Well, let's call Brian. That's right. Roach Man was 1999. It was. Holy shit. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Well impression. See? Yes. <laughs> don't do it. Don't not, do okay, it. Okay, I won't. I won't. I'm not going to do it. Uh, so, yeah, Mystery Men. I never saw this in the theater, but you said you did. Uh, I must have. I saw it when it came out. So, yeah, yeah. As did I. You yeah. saw it in the theater, saw this too? in theaters. I was... I don't know what I wasn't like super hyped about it, but um, this was judging kinda, by the box office, no one was. <laughs> nobody was. About. Yeah, this was a big bomb. I should mention uh, it was a sixty-eight million dollar budget. What do you think the box office was? Well, I know it. I have it written it down. Half so. of that for thirty-three, right? No, no. You have even less than that. I have that the uh, opening weekend it made ten million. Yes, it oh. opened at and number six. U.S. gross was twenty-nine. Yeah, oh. I guess worldwide it did thirty-three. I or didn't maybe see. That was I didn't see worldwide numbers. So, or that may that may be including like DVD sales <laughs> at the same time, but uh, not yeah. a success. Not a success mm-hmm. by 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 financial standards. Um, but uh, maybe a case maybe to be made that creatively... For the cult status of was, this movie? It has certainly earned cult status. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here today talking about it, um, I, I think a lot of people will remember it. And uh, whether they saw it or not, um, I remember seeing the trailers for this and being intrigued. And this is kind of like before the whole superhero film thing really hit uh, no, in, in earnest, right? No, well, well, I mean, I mean, it's after Batman. Obviously, we had the this Batman post films. Judge Dread. This is post yeah. the Mask. I know, but we were we were knee deep in that in that point in f- superhero films where we had run out of or supposedly run out of available properties to grab, and people were going to like those the the, the more obscure yeah. comic book labels. That's you right. know, you had your Tank Girl, uh, you mm-hmm. had, yeah, and, right. and you had Mystery Men, which was an AC Comics title. Uh, and and it was funny because watching this, just like how I did with Men in Black, I was like, oh shit, that's right. This was based on a comic as well. That's right. It was, although loosely, apparently, like some of these characters weren't even they in didn't exist the comic. And yeah, they, they retooled a lot of it for the film. Uh, like Mystery Men featured a character named the Flaming Carrot. Yeah, he was like the Captain Amazing of mm-hmm. uh, of that. Yeah, that universe. And if you look closely in the movie, there's an image of the Flaming Carrot. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a cameo. It's well, I think it's when Ben Stiller's walking uh, Claire Forlani home. Mm. You see him in the background, like on a building. Uh, but yeah, no, you didn't have like Furious and the Shoveler and the Blue Raja. These were actually like uh, homages, allusions yes. to uh, popular DC characters. Uh, and and so in that respect, I thought it was kind of creative what they were doing there, but. Um, How would you describe this film for for those who are unaware? I think that this film, what this film is, is a blueprint of people who did not know how to make a superhero team movie, yeah. trying to do their best, and and as much as they tried, they didn't they didn't quite hit it. <laughs> well, the, but like you know what? But I, it serves as a great, it, like I said, it serves as a great blueprint for someone to go back and go, all right, 
I see what they were trying to do there. Yeah. Now let's do it the right way. But you're kind of yeah. putting it in the same category as like, you know, Fantastic Four and, and Green Lantern. It wasn't trying to no, be a serious superhero movie. Not, it was a parody. I'm not trying to put it in that category. Okay. But what I am trying to do is kind of put ourselves in that mindset of where we were in that time. Uh, this movie in its own way is, it misses the mark, but it's still a little bit ahead of its time. Absolutely. It's the dialogue, the dry wit, the humor, what's going on. Like the, the Even some of the subject matter is stuff that I don't think audiences were really prepared for at the time. It's, it's a really hard sell. Like I, I don't know how you market this film in, in a way that would entice people to see it. Uh-huh. it is, it's a very specific, very niche audience. Well, there's nobody is. in this movie who at the time was like, bringing people into the theater. Yeah, who's the big name? I guess maybe Ben Stiller, ben Stiller. at what, the time? What else had he done at this point? Something About Mary? Did was Something About previous? Mary come before or after let's, this? Let's find out. I'm going to go to IMDb. You guys vamp. I, I think so, man. There's there's just a part of me that feels like Something About Mary was like a, a 2000, but maybe maybe it was earlier than that. And like, uh, what had William H. Macy done before this? Um uh, Magnolia? Yeah. No, no, he did Magnolia after this. That's right. Yeah. Just what did William H. When was, Macy uh, do? Like, when was Boogie Nights? When was Fargo? Boogie Nights was nineteen. I well, Boogie was... Nights was around this time. It was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, he wasn't somebody who you didn't go to no. see a yeah. William H Macy movie. Hank Azaria, you didn't go see him in yeah. anything. Uh, Janine Garofalo had done the Truth About Cats and Dogs. Yeah. Which was a big hit. I love that film. It was actually. a big hit. So back think, when she was nice, I think Janine Garofalo was kind of the your biggest. Name. Greg Kinnear, yeah, was, yeah, was kind of a big name. Man. Um, Man, Ben Stiller is fucking prolific. I'm having to go way back to fucking find this. Go to 1990. So Zoolander was 2001 for him. Uh-huh. Meet the Parents was 2000. Really? It says all predates that. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. And Mystery Men 99. And then so both. something about Mary was before that. Yeah, 98. Yeah. A year before. So you're right. Okay. Something about Mary, he was the draw. So, yeah, he's writing the success of that. And and meet Joe Black's Claire Forlani. That's right. <laughs> or Mallrats. Claire Forlani. Mallrats Claire Forlani. Kevin Smith fan. That's right. I, should, I think she did these three movies and then nothing else, I feel like. I'm trying to think if I remember seeing her in anything else. She she burned out quickly. She's a good actress, which is a shame. She's a good actress. I like her a lot, too. Um, And, and like, just... Beautiful. Yeah. Did something in 2007 called In the Name of the King. She oh, did God. The, the Medallion in 2003. Oh, wait. The Medallion, the Jackie Chan movie? That's right. <laughs> With uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt? No, that was The Tuxedo. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Oh, Jackie Chan, Lee Evans, Claire Forlani. Lee Evans? That's right. And John Rice Davies. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, mine. Oh, I, I thought I was thinking of Luke Evans. I was like, fuck, he was, he was doing no, movies? Yeah, no, no, Lee Evans. Lee, Lee Evans. And some assorted episodes of Hawaii Five-0, it looks like. Of course like. she so did. Lovely Claire Forlani. Uh, so the establishing shot in this is, it's so, it's everything that was wrong about the superhero movies at the time, how they kept kind of cannibalizing from each other, that they were like, it was trying to be Batman and Judge Dredd, the way that it was creating this like, Future looking city, yeah. but it's in the past. Like, based on how all the reporters look, everybody's dressed like they're from the 20s, but it's in this futuristic city society. But and- I do kind of give it a pass because it was trying to parody those those other films. Mm-hmm. I mean, even <laughs> Ben Stiller has a whole uh, monologue about um, Captain Amazing, the Greg Kinnear character, uh-huh. and his what's his alter ego's name? Oh, Lance. God, yes. Yeah, he was. And he's like, Lance, le- he's, yeah. it's Captain Amazing. He's like, it can't be. He wears glasses. He wears glasses. <laughs> Captain, Captain Amazing, Amazing doesn't. doesn't. He takes off the glasses. So they do a lot of things How like that. would he How be he able see? to see? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So they're poking fun at a lot of the superhero tropes. And uh, I, so I give it a pass when it comes to the set design because obviously that was a, like their version of Gotham City. Uh-huh. All the reporters were their version of like the Lois Lanes. Yeah. Um, I, I, nah, I don't know. You're okay with that. It really, yeah. I, I, I give it a pass. Okay. Well, where did it come out in, in relation to uh, Batman Forever? Because I thought I'd read I that they was... shared a set or yeah. something. Yeah, they I think did. you're right. They took over. Uh, yeah, some I think of the this same came sets. out after Batman Forever. It did. Yeah, they uh-huh. got their sloppy seconds. Okay. okay. Um, why? <laughs> Which did... is a perfect time to like make fun of superhero movies. That's true. Yeah, it... but but the thing is, the way they did it was so. It, it was almost subtle in its in how it was poking fun at the genre. You think so? That I don't think general audiences were getting it. Well, yes, but that just lends credence to my theory that it was just ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah. That was me that said that. Nowadays, well, I, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but nowadays, can you imagine if this film came out now when we're just like inundated with? It has. It's called movies? Kickass. 
and super. You, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. Yeah. So and and those two movies, great films. Those well, movies better, ended up better movies hitting a little bit better because yeah. audiences were a little more. I think a little more prepared for it. I'm not saying that's a fault of this movie that audiences you know, weren't prepared. But both of those movies are attempting to be a little more like they're not flat out comedies. Where I call this a comedy, you know, you can make a case for Super being a dark comedy, um, and, and Kickass kind of, but even Kickass gets very real, especially in that third act. There's a lot of lot of brutality going on. Oh, this yeah. one, you never really feel like anybody's in any danger, except for Greg Kinnear, played for, laughs. but who gets but only murdered from, only like, from the heroes in such a terrifying <laughs> way. I love Lord, that though. I love terrible. that they fucking had the balls to just take this main character who who is the the Superman of this city, uh, who's fucking amazing, by the way. Yeah, well, that's Greg right Kinnear. Craig Kinnear He's is fucking amazing. Captain in this role. amazing. That's right. But I'm seriously <laughs> saying he is fantastic in this role. Yeah, I love him. His just how how much of a dick he's he very can be. smarmy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the scene where uh, where they're they're busting uh, Casanova Frankenstein, the the villain uh, out of the insane asylum, their version of Arkham. Yeah, uh, and it turns out he's on the board, the parole board, and he shows <laughs> okay. up, of course, in, in his alter ego, Lance. What, <laughs> what is it, Lance? What? Oh, I can't. I can't Lance remember. Let me Armstrong see. or something. Lance. He's got his glasses on. And he's like, I have this letter here from Captain Amazing, and uh, he's vouching for Lance him. Hunt. That Lance Hunt. There you go. And they do a cutaway to what he's reading, and it's like his, <laughs> it's grocery, his grocery list. list. <laughs> it's got like bread, eggs. <laughs> but I, I love that. Just a letter from Captain Amazing is enough for the whole parole yeah, board to go. Like, oh, oh, okay, stamp. Sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is again, uh, a, a, it is a look back at some of the uh, the early Batman shows. I mean, we've seen stuff like that happen in the '66 Batman show, where uh, Adam West would. You know, enter a scene as Bruce Wayne and be like, "I was just having dinner with my good yes. friend Batman." <laughs> Batman, that's right. <laughs> uh, and so it was, it was a great wink and a nod to that. Why, why all the Ben Stiller hate in this film? Just, just in general, just in general, why all the Ben Stiller hate? You know, that's that's funny you say that because as I was watching this last night, Jenna was like, "I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm a fan of Ben Stiller. He kind of bugs me," and I started to defend him. And then she was like, what, what movies do you like that he's in? And I was like, well... And it kind of stumped me because he's... I, I like some of the films that he's in, but I don't I don't like them because he's in them. Really? Yeah. I've got I've got a couple that yeah. I, I think you, that he was fantastic. What's your favorite Ben Stiller The Secret film? Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Yes, but that's later in his career where he's writing and directing... Well, I guess he was writing and directing earlier, too. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like a passion project like for the, him. Like the Ben Stiller show? Did you ever watch the Ben Stiller show? I haven't show? seen a lot of those, no. Holy shit, man. Yeah. He wrote a lot of great sketches. I, I know. There's... But I, I think I like him most when he's playing this kind of over-the-top character. I like him in Dodgeball. Uh-huh. Oh, I love Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Where he's, uh, he's not even an anti-hero. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just a dick. He's a villain. Yeah. He's a villain in that movie. So I guess I like him most there. And I, I dislike him the most when he's doing like White Meet Goodman. the Fockers or the yeah. aforementioned Something About Mary, where yeah. he's kind of this nebbish, everything goes wrong, and nuts stuck in his Did zipper. you ever see, there's a movie called The Zero Effect? I've heard of it. With uh, I know it's of it. Bill Pullman. <laughs> and Paxton. No, not Pax. It is Bill. It's Bill Pullman <laughs> okay. and Ben Stiller. And it's kind of like a uh, a modern Sherlock. Well, modern for the '90s. It's like a Sherlock Holmes kind of story. Hmm. And Ben Stiller kind of plays the Watson character. Oh, so the story is kind of told through his eyes. That's a really good movie too. Yeah, yeah. I always like him. Uh, I guess. <laughs> you sound him. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Well, here's what I'll say. You're not going to convince me to see a film because Ben Stiller is starring in it. I will see the film and maybe enjoy it despite Ben Stiller's involvement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just me. Tropic Thunder, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think Tropic that, yeah. Thunder succeeded uh, on the efforts of everybody else around him. He's great at the Mickey Mouse effect. Yeah. He's great at, in an ensemble, but when, when the film rests on him, he's, he's not really my cup of tea, I would say. Brian, opinions on uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe that's one of the issues with Mystery Man is there's not a strong enough comedic actor in this to to carry the whole thing. Yeah, um, let's see. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I guess you got me going through the cast. I mean, I mean, you yeah, know, Paul Rubens. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. As I, who I love is Pee Wee Herman, and then this feels very derivative of Pee Wee Herman, of course. Yeah. There, but there were times where he slipped into Pee Wee, and I it, couldn't yes. tell if that was well, deliberate. Yeah, I or... mean, I, I felt got a little bit of Pee Wee through the whole thing. It's like Pee Wee with a mouthful of mayonnaise. I don't know. It's yeah, like some zits it, all he sits down. And he's already doing. Excuse me, excuse me, as he's getting into the booth, and uh-huh. and I don't know. It's just something about uh, you got a character who's 
primary powers, flatulence. Yes. <laughs> He's so, actually my least favorite so character, his, I think. His power is flatulence, but why does he have zits all over his face? I don't under... Yeah. They call him the spleen, by the, the way, spleen. is his name. Yeah. Um, and I guess he's just... Uh, um, it's a he's, side effect of too much flatulence. He's consistently going through puberty. Yeah. Maybe. That, that could be... So you, you asked the question, who's consistently funny throughout this movie? Mm-hmm. And I have to... My answer to that is William H. Mason. I was going to say the same thing, too, even though it's not a your traditional comedic no, role. But he, almost every moment that he's in, I feel... For me, for my money, William H. Macy steals every scene that he's in. I absolutely agree. There's... Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. He's yeah. He's the star of this film, and by the end of it, he is clearly like the leader of this clan. Oh yeah. It's great to see him go through that transformation of like this this pussy whipped husband. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, kind of leading the team to victory at the end. I I love the very beginning when they're trying to bust up the red eyes who are with Artie Lang. What? Is, yeah, Artie Lang is the leader of the red eyes. But like, okay, so they called it later in the movie. They're like, you know, that fight at the old folks' home. Yeah. But that didn't look like an old. It looked like it was a hotel. Like. Uh, the, banquet and it was this weird debaucherous party full of a bunch of geriatrics yeah th- and this film kind of starts off like a Baz Luhrmann film yeah. where you really kind of have to get into the first 5-10 minutes to realize the, the style that it's going for uh-huh. and and whether you accept that or not but um, yeah, there's like synchronized wheelchairs going around in a yes. circle they're dancing uh-huh. Um, and then we've got we're introduced to the uh, the Tom Waits character, the guy who like invents. He's the inventor. <laughs> Fucking Tom inventor. Waits is I, in this movie. He's like, it's just it's I'm a, here it's for a the bizarre ladies. cast. I mean, the whole cast is just strange. it really is. But going back to William H Macy, I would have never expected him. Like when I saw him in the trailers, I was like, mm, it seems like a little bit of a miscast. Yeah, but no. But he, then you see him play this character, and like that moment where Captain Amazing has come in, he's busted up the fight, and uh, Shoveler and Blue Raja run over to introduce themselves. Right. And uh, and Captain Amazing is like condescending to them at first, mm-hmm. and then he looks at them and he's like, "Wait, you got you two, you're superheroes." Mm-hmm. And William H Macy looks at him with the most sincerity and goes, "We fight crime. Yeah, call it what you will." Yeah, <laughs> and it cracks me up. Like yes. he and he has so many deliveries like that throughout yeah, this movie he's that uh, that he just nails it. I agree. Uh, well, that's the thing I liked about him in this movie is that he he does play it seriously. He plays it. He's surrounded by these crazy, silly characters, but he plays it like it's just any other movie. Oh yeah, even when he goes home he gives to his, it his wife, all. yeah, when he goes home to his family, and he's he's giving his story to his wife, and she's like, "Don't you think you should hang it up?" And he's he's got this monologue, like, and he's like, "What I do? I shovel. Yeah, I shovel well." <laughs> <laughs> and and like and the, the sincerity that he delivers that, and like just just that scene alone seems like it's kind of like it's it's what inspired something like Super to eventually become a movie because. Yeah, it, it, it rang of some of those feelings. Um, so I think something that we can all agree with or agree on is that the ensemble doesn't entirely work with all of the, with the entire cast, no, the whole team. I could have done without the, uh, the Paul Rubens uh, spleen mm-hmm. um, character just because mm-hmm. that, that dipped a little too much into juvenile humor for me because now we're dealing with fart jokes. Um, I was kind of with it when, you know, okay, it's one thing for Hank Azaria to be throwing... Silverware uh-huh. at, at enemies, uh, and and for for William H Macy to have a shovel, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the forty year old in me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting too old that, that for you, fart jokes that in my films. Yeah. You don't yeah, like fart the fart jokes. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm I'm the same. And and I I wasn't a big fan of the Blue Raja myself. I, really? Not uh-huh. really. Is it the voice that he's doing? Was it that he wasn't it's wearing? It's so much. It's just so much of a character. I I don't know. It's just and. How many? How much mileage can you get out of uh, different superheroes that use kitchen utensils? You've got the Blue Raja, you've got the Waffler, and uh, that's right. The, 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 the Dane Cook uh, cameo. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Dane Cook cameo, and it just seems like lazy writing. Let's uh, let's pick superheroes that use egg beaters or yeah, yeah. I think that that's it's an interesting idea to take people who don't really have superhuman abilities, but they take those things that they feel like they do well. And, like, that's their superpower. Like, serious. He's, the, the Ben Stiller character is just, he just gets angry. He just, yeah, his rage builds up in him. Uh, and, and I like where we see that take him, like, in his everyday life when he's at work or when he's just eating at a diner and stuff. And I like when he has his moments where he's like, rage, <laughs> rising. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, these people, none of them have powers. And I think that's kind of the, it, it, it highlights the weakness, I think, in, in the writing of this movie that... In trying to find the mundane things that people can just do well, they weren't very creative in that. Uh, I think that it's it's great with Furious. I think it's great with the Shoveler. 
even with the bowler, with the Janine Garofalo character. I love that. And she, I mean, legitimately is the only one that has, like, an actual, like, super ability. Right. And that's just... Not even because, so much her. Because her the, father inhabits a bowling ball. A magic bowling ball. <laughs> she just lets it go. Yeah. Dead father's skull. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which is not disturbing in the least. I, I do think that there's a, a slight bit of brilliance involved when it comes to Invisible Boy. Yes. Who, who can only be invisible when no one's looking at him. <laughs> that's the thing. I, 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 I thought that joke was funny, but then... He's there for the rest of the movie, yeah. and then he's there when you need him at the end. But <laughs> and it turns out he actually does have that power. The fact that the it, it pays off. I love that reveal. Yeah, he's like, so, so you can only see yourself in the mirror, invisible. No, no, I can't even look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> it's like, how do you know you're invisible? I just feel it. I just feel it. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because it's a, a little bit of a statement too. Because as as he's walking into his room, he's like, "Hey, Dad, I'm bringing these strange men back into my bedroom," and his dad's not even paying attention. <laughs> Uh, so he is invisible. He is invisible, boy. It's making a... Making like Mr. A, Cellophane. You found a really deep meaning in this. I did, yeah. I found a little bit. Look, I, I've criticized it a bit, but I really enjoy this movie. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I think that without Mystery Men kind of paving the way, I don't think we would have gotten stuff like like The Losers. I don't think we would have gotten X-Men. I don't think yeah. people... At least not quite as, as soon as we did. And I know it's taken us a long time to get to that point. It's it's tough to orchestrate a superhero movie, and I think I think that Mystery Men takes the brunt of a lot of criticism because it was the first time someone was brave enough to try it, uh, and and now we got it, and people are throwing you know billions of dollars behind the movies, and you've got Avengers and you know the the Guardians of the Galaxy, and of course you know those are working a lot better because you've got more talent, more passion, more money behind these projects. But back then you had a commercial filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, this who, poor guy. Who was doing a film for the first time had no idea what the fuck he was doing. He had cast members fighting with each other. What's the what's what is the director's name? Something Usher. Ke- Ke- uh, man, Kinky I can't, Usher. I can't or remember. Kinky yeah, Usher. But uh, but apparently like the Volvo commercials, right? From what I yeah, and for and like that's Nike and Apple. Yeah, and, yeah. And apart from this movie, and apparently while he was working on the movie, like he was known to sit down in his chair and go, "I can't wait. When this is done, I'm <laughs> yes. I'm going back to commercials." Yeah, according Seriously? to Hades, there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was this was a harrowing experience, I think, for a lot of the people involved. But yeah, I guess Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear used to get in they got in fights on yeah, the set. Yeah. Oh. But you know, this movie feels like to me like it was made by people who didn't get the audience. Yeah. Oh, really? You think so? I do. I do because. Or I don't was know. it that the audience didn't? Well, okay. So I mean, the who who was the audience for this? I mean, was it? families because you have this these fights that no. are no no this isn't a family I mean, film admittedly it's like for 16 year old boys yes and that's kind of okay. okay. the mentality I, I was in i mean you got the fart jokes and stuff like but you look at the fight scenes and they're just kind of silly i think i actually like the interaction between the characters better than any of the of course action scenes in the yeah movie. and i think that's why they limit them to yeah it's there's more dialogue in this movie than there are fight scenes and, and, and i think the scenes that work the most are when they're kind of making fun of superhero genres in general that, yeah and when and when they're just kind of relating to one another uh yeah. you know it reminds me of of what your original uh Roachman concept was where it was just these guys and they have a roommate who happens to be a superhero like that's kind of along the same lines of what what this ends up being except it just kind of it broadens that uh a little bit i like ben stiller uh when when he does his little transformation when he goes from being mr furious to just being Roy. To just Roy. When, yeah. like, those moments with Claire Forlani, when she's just like, I just need to know, I just want to know your name. Yeah. And he's like, it's Roy. And she kisses him and goes, just be Roy. And, like, there's a sweetness there and a sincerity. And it's funny because then it switches to him just sitting there having, like, this crisis of, of, of yeah. identity. Like, who am I? Who am Who's I? Roy? I can't What's be Roy? furious anymore. <laughs> so it's a little bit of that Spider-Man no more mentality yeah. uh, that they've kind of, that they've thrown into this movie. Well, but I a, agree. Yeah. It, it does shine when it's, when it's the characters just relating with one another. But that is one of the, the larger themes of the film, that it's just like, anybody can be a superhero. None of these uh-huh. guys have actual superpowers, again, with the exception of Ginny Groffalo and her magic bowling ball. But yeah. um, but they all have certain abilities that, thank God, all come in specifically handy to certain points of the final battle of the film. That's right. <laughs> thank Almost God as they if have exactly constructed <laughs> that way. Yes. Written that way. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about Jeffrey Rush. No, we haven't. Yeah. He uh, plays uh, the villain Casanova Frankenstein, and just like th- this was another actor like coming off of just like drama after drama. Like, didn't he just win the Academy Award for um, uh, what was that movie called where he played the the autistic? Oh, pianist? I can't. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. I don't know, but the autistic pianist is a pretty good <laughs> film title right there. I'm gonna trademark that shit. 
But yeah, then to have him in this flat-out comedy, play, uh-huh. doing this crazy accent, yeah. and appearing shirtless in his first scene. Yeah, that's, that's brave. A disturbing image. <laughs> so he's, he runs this criminal enterprise... Uh, and he he has this this moment where he calls all these other villain groups together. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, so and it's, it's like the old Batman sixty six. Yes, man. where it's yeah. all these different groups. One of them though is called the Frat Boys. Yes. And if you're paying attention, one of them that's sitting at the table is director Michael Bay. Because apparently he and the director of this film were like good friends. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael Bay in one of his huge memorable uh, <laughs> acting roles, and playing a frat boy. But then sitting next to the Frat Boys is a group that he calls the Not So Goody Mob. Which is the goody mob with CeeLo Brown. <laughs> Actual, or CeeLo yeah. Green. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, uh, I thought that was funny. And then they, they, they later show up and they get, uh, they get shot at with the blamethrower. The, the blamethrower, <laughs> blame thrower, which is, I love, that's another thing I like about this. I love the, the idea that um, it's kind of got this pacifist, pacifist vibe, too, that the Tom Waits inventor character, like all of his weapons <laughs> oh, are non-lethal. Oh, no, non-lethal. It's non-lethal. Yeah, because the whole film William H Macy's like no we don't use guns we don't need guns I don't want to kill anybody yeah and, uh, and that's how they <laughs> which get actually does lead to one of the funnier parts of the movie <laughs> yes <It's> <laughs> you guys with your guns <laughs> <laughs> it's the blame thrower I love that uh, I like when he meets William H Macy and he's like my name's Heller say it with me <laughs> Heller <laughs> <laughs> so random <laughs> it really is uh, so they uh, the that's where this the movie though ends up kind of folding in on itself a little bit because it, it becomes a little too inflated. Um, the group have a successful, I guess, meeting with Casanova Frankenstein where they just scratch up and mess up his limo. Yeah, they actually, their first victory, right? <laughs> Is it a victory? They really <laughs> they treat it as one. <laughs> they run off thinking they, it's a victory. They uh, and so they go drink and then after they're done drinking, they go outside and they get attacked by the disco boys again. That's right. And they get saved by Wes Studi as the Sphinx. The Sphinx. The, uh, the Yoda character, if you will, so of this movie. He's so great in this, man. <laughs> he really is. And also, again, playing off all the tropes because he, he, he's the stereotypical, like you said, the kind of Yoda character, the mentor. Yeah. And uh, he's doing these Mr. Miyagi like <laughs> sayings. If you do not learn to yeah. master your rage, you <laughs> your run rage. the risk of your rage becoming my master. <laughs> That's what you're going to say, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but it's a, it's a good moment. I'm glad that they meet up with him. But then you have the moment where Furious leaves the group, mm. goes and sees Claire Forlani, then comes back to the group as Roy. As well, no, he's not even as Roy yet. He just comes back to the group. Then they go to Casanova oh, Frankenstein's right. place, yeah. kill Captain Amazing, <laughs> come back. There's too much going on. It's almost like. He should have left the group. The group tried to go save Captain Amazing without him. End up messing it up. Captain Amazing dies. He comes back to them, his tail between his legs, yeah. and like they kind of find their shit again and then go after Casanova Frankenstein. Nice. Civil like War that. before Civil War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bring them back together after the falling out. I do like that. I like yeah. that. That would have been stronger. Well, that and it would have, I think, maybe tightened the movie up a little bit because there is a point in this movie where... It runs a little too long. It is a two-hour-long movie, and it should m- more be around a buck forty-five. Like a, a comedy about superheroes in the late '90s does not need to be over two hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, I also it does not need to have Smash Mouth in it, <laughs> dude. <laughs> why? Sm- but then it went on to be in Shrek too. Like a year later, a year so. or two later, yeah. somebody really wanted to use All Star in a movie. <laughs> um, did we ever establish? How Casanova Frankenstein learned about Furious and Monica? No, because that's right. He ends up having her in the in the in the mansion at and the end. And of course, and again, one of the other tropes where the the villain always has to get a hold of the hero's uh, um, girlfriend, and uh, she plays into the climax. And yeah, that's, that's what a good point. To... How, how did you know? How did you... I, I, yeah? I was I was watching it going, wait, how so? Why is she there? And I thought at first maybe it was going to be a trick that she was related to Casanova Frankenstein the whole somehow. Time, right? Yeah. But no, no, that's she just got captured by the guy. I guess we can assume maybe that he had that somebody was following him. He the was disco being, boys, yeah, there watching you go. him at all times. That would have been a nice <laughs> yes. shot, dude. Eddie Izzard as which one is he? Tony P. He's Tony C. Tony. No, no, C. no, you're right. He's Tony P. He's so great like he's he's making the most of what he's got in this when he has his introduction the limo pulls up and they get out of the car he just does a little pose pose. (laughs) (laughs) and i love he goes over to like the telephone booth or the payphone and just like knocks it off and starts he's not doing anything he's just pushing buttons just causing general havoc yes general havoc (laughs) uh and he has some great moments with jeffrey rush 
uh, where they're talking about like disco. Disco's not dead. <laughs> Disco's life. Uh, which I would love to ask Eddie Izzard about. Like someday I would just love to sit down with him and be like, let's talk about mystery men. Some of the touches of the movie that I don't understand <laughs> that doesn't speak well. Like if you want to talk about the whole save the cat school of filmmaking, when the shoveler drives home, he pulls up into his driveway and apparently pulls up onto one of his kids' toys. And instead of like going, oh shit, I've driven on top of one of my kids' toys. Let me back up so I can get it. He just reaches down, grabs it, and like just rips, pulls rips it the head until off. he rips yeah. the head off the dinosaur. Now it was a purple dinosaur. Ooh. Was this was this some kind of a message at Barney? At like Barney? was that was that <laughs> that would have been the height of Barney popularity, right? So uh, I one think can so. But it, it's so funny to be that removed from it now, to be so far away from it now. I I don't know. Like. It, were we trying to uh, now that you mentioned that does seem out of character for him yeah, yeah like he would have he would have gotten off the damn thing so uh, uh, a couple quick points uh, uh, Greg Kinnear Captain Amazing yes has sponsorships all over him like he's a fucking NASCAR I love it the first time we're introduced to him he's just found out that he's lost his Pepsi he lost his Pepsi sponsorship <laughs> his, his uh, publicist played by Ricky J <laughs> Ricky J who has the line look I'm your publicist not a magician <laughs> Ricky J is a magician. Yeah. He's he's done some fantastic card tricks. In fact, I have a book that's yeah. Ricky J's card tricks. He's and in the in the Prestige too. Listen to our Prestige episode. That's from, right. uh, last year or so. Right? Yeah. So. so that was that was fun. That was a, a nice little wink and a nod to the audience as mm-hmm. well. Um, Can we go back to the naming schemes of some of the? Uh, please. Not only the, the mobs as you brought up earlier, because um, we also have the uh, not the Pussycat Dolls. What are they called? The Susies. The furries. The, the, the they call them the furries. It was the furries, um, but I love when uh, when they're having tryouts for the superheroes, and uh, that's what they're using Invisible Boy for because he's apparently he wasn't in the original comics. And they no. kind of invented him for this film, uh, but that's that's the reason why they keep him around because he he networks, he knows all the guys, so they're they're having auditions, and I do love uh, when when he's talking about oh let's see we got the the pickler. There's a white flight and the black menace. He's like they, they work together. <laughs> and then, uh, Lucky Pierre and the French tickler. Like I just love the, I love the, I love this world that this film creates where yeah. we've got a city full of, of wannabe superheroes. Sure. Oh, you aren't gonna go anywhere else. There's no, there's no. <laughs> anywhere. And edit. Cut that out, Jeff. Uh, no, I I agree. I think the. Uh, it, it, it's fun to see like they obviously went crazy trying to come up with funny superhero names and like letting the audience play what if what if we had seen them but that's part of the problem too is like if you come up with a clever enough name something funny enough someone's gonna want to see it and feel disappointed that they don't get to see it yeah, we get to see Pencil Man and his son yes, Pencil did. Boy Doug Jones oh that's right that's right oh my god yeah I, that's right. I, uh, we get to see Dana Gould as Squeegee Man also <laughs> making a cameo who's the uh, it, it, wasn't it um, who's the the female superhero PMS oh, uh, Avenger? The, the PMS, PMS Avenger. Avenger. <laughs> that's right. Did you say, I only work three days out of the month? Yeah. You got a problem with that? <laughs> no, no. No, that's, no, no, that's no, that's no, not all right. No, we're good. And you had every, all the chicks dressed up like Wonder Woman. But there's yeah. one There's one of those in the auditions mm-hmm. that fucking slays me every time I see him. It's got to be the same one. It's not. No? It's, it's not. not? No, it's not. For some... I don't know. Like, since I first... When I first saw this movie on video... Uh, and we would watch this a lot. We, we would put this thing on fucking repeat. Yep. But there's this one character, and it's like Pirate Man. Do you remember him? He's no. like Pirate Man. He's got a knife, and he's like, I'm Pirate Man. And I <laughs> like, to, it's like, he doesn't even have like that long a screen time. He's just like on just like screen. One shot. Yeah, but then, yeah, I know you've. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah you this is, the, the, this is the one part of the movie that I watched over and over. <laughs> it's Ballerina Man. Ballerina oh, Man. Oh yes, Ballerina, Ballerina Man. Man. That's right, because they set him up. He's got like the long. Oh yeah, jacket. he's like. You think he's gonna be a badass? <laughs> and he sells it, man. He, yeah, he is into the uh, role. He's got the pink tattoo on underneath. And then he's just dancing around. You know what's funny is that I'm, I'm looking up some of these characters who are in line auditioning. I'm looking them up on IMDb, and you see some who that's what they're known for. Uh-huh. Mystery Man. That's it. This guy, you know, known for Mystery Man. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. This is like the pinnacle of their career is being in this line. That's, that's pretty sad. <laughs> I'm really hoping someday to, you know, land in a role on Agents of Shield or, or something. <laughs> um, all right, I've I've burned through my notes on this. Yeah, I don't have any much more to say. Um, I I I really enjoyed it. I remember liking it back then. It this is the definition of a guilty pleasure, though. It is not a great film. I think it. I, I don't think it deserves the thirty. What is it? Fifty-seven um, percent oh, actually with audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it does kind of deserve that. <laughs> it's that's that's pretty spot on. But I still think there's enough in this film. I think it's really clever writing. 
I think yes. most of the performances are are very funny. Um, and um, if you can kind of get past the style, I'll tell you what I don't like is the way that it's filmed, the way that it looks, because this director is using exactly one lens, and it's that same like wide angle lens, yeah. and he's right up on everybody. Um, I, I get that it kind of puts you in this hyper real world, but um, it wasn't very you know, for, for as much pomp and circumstances around the costume designs and explosions. It's not very interesting to look at when no, everything is not. literally seen through this wide-angle lens. Right. And they even do the thing near the end where the superheroes finally get new costumes. And everything looks so, like, muddy and ugly because it's filmed in such a flat way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it, do- it doesn't pay off. It doesn't off. shine. No. Yeah. Um, and maybe it wasn't supposed to. But, I mean, they're wearing so much sequins and yeah, like, it's shiny from, stuff that you're like, this could have popped. It's from the Joel Schumacher uh, school of uh, <laughs> yes. superhero films. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I recommend the movie. Uh, I think that I it's funny. Too. I think there's plenty of heart in the film. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that there aren't also several places where it zigs where it should have zagged. Uh, but I think that its heart is in the right place. Uh, I think that it's... We were talking outside about reboots. And Brian had brought up the question like, you know, how do you feel about all the reboots and yeah. stuff? Um, how do you feel about it, Jeff? And I think that... There's, there is a frustration that there aren't as many new ideas, or at least there, it doesn't seem to be that there are as many new ideas anymore. Uh, that, you know, it, new ideas don't always have to be fucking art house films. Like, right. It would be nice to see, like, just new comedies, new action. Like, that's something that's really special about Scott Pilgrim, is that yeah. Scott Pilgrim is a very original kind of film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why it resonates so strongly. And it's one of those movies that, like... I will always love. Uh, same thing along the same lines as The Big Lebowski. Even though The Big Lebowski is a lot like a... It's a lot like a detective story, but it's done in a way you've never seen a fucking detective Absolutely. story done. Listen to our Big Lebowski episode from last year. Um, and I think that there's... There's something about this movie that has... It has a little bit of that, that you'd never seen anything like this before. Now, it wasn't done as well as it could have been, but there's a charm to it. And for some reason, I identify with the Ben Stiller character. Yeah. Not because he's furious, because he messes up fucking like phrases and, and <laughs> cliches. Yeah. And he tries to be witty. And when he, the more he tries to be witty, the more he falls flat on his face. And I identify with that so fucking much uh, that it endears that character to me. Um, but I would overall, like, I would recommend this film. I would as well. What about you? <laughs> the dissenting voice. You know, maybe it's for okay. um, maybe for uh, those who are into completion to see all the superhero movies that are out there <laughs> who need to. See. You know, I'm with you. I, I I like the Ben Stiller character. I kind of identify with his frustration. I think the funny moments that come out of this movie are his frustration with trying to run the superhero team, and nobody seems to see what he sees. The fact that. You know, Lance is actually Captain Amazing, and then mm-hmm. the fact that the Sphinx keeps saying, you know, he's got this formula for everything he says, <laughs> yeah. And that paired with the way uh, William H. Macy just plays everything so straight. There's yes. some nice chemistry there. Yeah. There's some nice chemistry with uh, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Where um, did this fall in uh, in relation to when Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo were a thing? Were they still together they at this thing? point? Yeah. I didn't realize yeah, they, they were, ever were a thing. They were a thing. Yeah. Must they, probably be right smack dab in the middle of it then. I huh? think so. Yeah. Just and it makes me laugh because they have so many moments where they're like, Well, why don't you go to why don't you? Why don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder man, I wonder where this falls in their relationship. Like if they had already broken you up. Think by this, this was point. like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like Brad Pitt and Angelina <laughs> Jolie, where they, they finally the the chemistry was too much to deny. It was, just, it was too much to handle. <laughs> but sexual tension between Janine Garofalo and Ben Stiller. Uh, this film is decidedly asexual for me. Like, there's no, uh, yeah. nothing sexy about it. Mm-hmm. Even the scene no, where uh, they use the shrink ray on the... Uh, <laughs> the I love that. Is, <laughs> yes. is, is it the... Uh, yeah, it's, The Susies, right? Is, yes. No, no, the furries. The, the furries. The Susies are there. Where they use the... Uh, yeah, it's the... What is it? The, the dry cleaning ray or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and all their clothes start to shrink. Yeah. <laughs> I think my pants are shrinking, too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a, it's a uh, all right, so what did Mystery Men do right? I know we kind of went through it a little bit already, but just for the record, well, I guess. I'll just wrap it up and say uh, the cast. I think it's an amazing cast, um, even with uh, some of the, the weaker players there, the aforementioned Paul Rubens. Um, but I think everybody everybody kind of has their moment to shine, and that's mm-hmm. what you love about a mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. superhero ensemble piece. Yeah. Look, great cast. Uh, I think that the story was ahead of its time. Uh, maybe not so much the story, but the 
the plot, like what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think that was ahead of its time, and I think the humor was definitely something that uh, that audiences weren't quite prepared for, but it spoke to me. Uh, me and, too. And I loved it. I, I, I thought that in in that respect, I thought that the movie did shine. What do you think? I do like the chemistry, like I just said, but Ben Stiller and William H. Macy and uh, Jane Garofalo, the, the chemistry between those main characters, much like Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, I like the scenes go. where they're just talking more so than when they're going out and doing things. Agreed. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, yeah, that's the main thing. I, I like the cast as well, too. What did the overall it do, cast. What did it do wrong? Um, I, I wish I had a different cinematographer. I wish that it would uh, let go of that wide-angle lens. and uh, we, we get it. It's a hyper-real world. Not everything needs to look like a circus, though. Mm-hmm. Love for it to have a little more grounded yeah. look. Yeah, uh, I thought that the uh, the execution of the story lacked a bit of cohesion. Uh, in an attempt to give all the heroes a bit of equal development, they failed to properly engage with any of them. You right. know, yeah. Where yeah. You, you don't specialize in one person, so not one person shines above the rest, which means they all kind of fall flat equally in certain respects. Uh, like they're all caricatures of what they're supposed to be, but I never walk away from this movie going. You know what? I really feel for that one story. You know, I really feel like I enjoy William H. Macy. I enjoy Mr. Furious. But at the end of the movie, like when the movie's done, they're done too. Like I don't carry them with me beyond that. Uh, What do you think? Um, You know, overall, even with some of the good points we've already talked about, my whole takeaway was just, for me, it was just kind of meh. I I found that even with the good performances, I didn't find myself laughing a whole lot. Really? Oh, man. I didn't. I I woke my wife up laughing. (laughs) (laughs) She was obviously asleep, though, through it. But (laughs) What is it Ben Stiller says is one point when one of the characters corrects what he says. He's like, don't correct me. It sickens (laughs) me. It sickens me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good moment. Uh, Yeah. I was watching this at work, and when that line came up, I just started guffawing out loud. <laughs> I found myself laughing at some of the parts I don't think were supposed to be as funny. Like when they're sitting, oh, no. there, when they're talking to Dream Garofalo, and and he's like, "No, we've had a lot of good candidates." And when you make Macy looks, "What good candidates?" <laughs> <laughs> we're in a league card card cadre. You're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a nice moment. All right, so if we were going to remake Mystery Ooh. Men now, Ooh, yeah, how would to, we do that? Well, I have, uh, I think I got about a dozen here. Maybe even One, a baker's two, dozen. Three, mm-hmm. I'm 12, yeah. I have 14. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we should probably just uh, go character by character, and if you've recast that character, chime in with your recast. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's um, do that. Who's who at would, the bottom of your list? Uh, the bottom of my list is Doc Heller. Uh, oh, okay. I've got him. Yeah. Did everybody? Brian, did you him? redo him? I had a lot for him. I'll go. I'll go with my top. Oh, okay. First? Well, let's. Joel and I will go, and we'll, okay. we'll save you for last. Yeah, okay. Okay. That goes. Uh, You're my, our guest. My Doc Heller. I went with uh, Will Ferrell. Kind of has that look. Is that what you did too? Will Ferrell. Nice. Will Ferrell is my Great Doc Heller. Brian, did you also have Will Ferrell? I did not. Wow. I had uh, T.J. Miller. Oh, <laughs> nice is the inventor. I like a, that. a very snarky Doc Heller. <laughs> yes. If they're non-lethal, were he still working, that would be a great recast. Well, hey, yes. he just did Deadpool too. Were he still be? Well, yeah, those are all films that were filmed before. Uh, yeah, news of when, his yeah. new news. New news. <laughs> uh, Who's next? I have Monica. The I do as Claire well. Fulani character. I went with Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Bell. Oh, all right. I like yeah. that. Going blonde. Yeah, I don't have a Monica. Oh, you don't, don't have a Monica. Monica. All right. Poor Claire. How about Courtney Cox. She's going to recast for him. She could be Monica. <laughs> Uh, all right, so next on my list is Tony C. Yep, I've got him. Of the Disco Boys. Oh, wait, is, he's the black one. Yes. Okay, I don't have him. Craig Robinson. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, oh, Craig, my God. Craig Robinson is Tony C. How about, you? I, I assume you don't have Tony I, C. I don't have any Disco Boys. Okay, so I've got Tony P. I do have Tony P. The how Eddie about, Izzard one. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon's mm-hmm. good. How about Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> yes. <Nice. laughs> oh, that's a great pair of... Dr. Annabelle Leak. We didn't even talk about this character. Oh, she's the... She's, uh, but, I mean, she. what's her name? She's a... Something a, Olin. Uh, Lena Olin. Lena Olin. There you go. A fairly well-known actress has two lines in the entire movie. Yeah. And then, like, the rest of the film, she's there. She's with Casanova Frankenstein, but doesn't say a fucking giving thing. giving disapproving looks. Yeah. Uh, so I recast her uh, with Mia Sarah, if you remember from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, the girlfriend. Because Lena Olin's a little bit of a, you know, she's an older actress who we had known from some of her earlier work. And that's what I'm going to do there with me. Nicely done. I like that. Thank you very much. (laughs) You you didn't do that character? I did not. Okay. But I did the Sphinx. The Sphinx. I have Lou Diamond Phillips. 
Oh, actual Native American. That's real good. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. How about you? Sir? I went different. I went uh, Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. Ah, that's great. Yeah, that is pretty good. Um, all right. So, uh, who do we want to do next? How about uh, Invisible Boy? Invisible Boy. I went with a guy named uh, Tyler James Williams, who you may know if you ever watch that. Uh, Everybody hates Chris. The Chris uh, Rock. Chris Rock. Show. He played the young uh, Chris Rock, and also he was in that Dear White People film that came oh. out a few years ago. Um, He's got big ears. Okay, I don't think I'm familiar with him. I know you're familiar with mine. John Boyega. Dude, I almost went John Boyega. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I mm. thought better of it. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that was uh, ill-advised. Brian, what about you? That would have been a good choice. Yeah. Um, probably better than mine. I went to SNL's Pete Davidson. Pete yeah, Davidson's good. I love that guy. The, uh, who's he with now? Ariana Grande? What? They just announced that he like he's engaged really? to Ariana Grande. Yeah. Are, are they even in the same age bracket? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. She seems a little young for him. But she looks perpetually like 16. You see, Colin Jost is with Scarlett Johansson. That's crazy. What? Yeah. No, dude. it's... Yeah. 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 Well, he, you know what? I like that guy. They like yeah, the funny guys. Funny. More power yeah, they, to him. They him. love the funny guys. Yeah. They do. How about the spleen? I'm the spleen. spleen. <laughs> uh, I cast Jonah Hill. Oh, nice. That would have worked. Yeah. I did uh, Simon Pegg. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Brian? Uh, I went with uh, Martin Starr. Oh, yes! Oh, fucking love it. Much Freedom. more of a scientific you know, approach to the flatulence. Haverchuk. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> He's really good. All right, who do we have next? Let's do the bowler. The bowler. I went with Mindy Kaling. That's who I went with. Mindy Kaling. No way! Are you kidding? Mindy Kaling. I should have just stuck with my original. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. What do you got, Brian? Uh, the bowler? Ellen Page. Ooh! Speaking of super, all right, you win. Yeah, I love Ellen that Page one. is fantastic. Straight eight with you. Uh, all right, who next? Let's do a Casanova Frankenstein. Casanova Frankenstein. That's right. Okay, I went uh, Christoph Waltz. That's that's, right. that's way better than what I did. Uh, but I'm bringing back one of Brian's previous cast, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Galifianakis, as my Casanova <laughs> Frankenstein. Nice. I think we're going to have a couple of repeats nice. here. I went with Michael Fassbender. Oh, Ooh, man, both of you did way better. That's actually, that's actually really good. That's so good. Well, let's move on to Captain Amazing. Then. Captain Amazing. I went with Bradley Cooper. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I went with someone who's, I mean, clearly a superhero that we would recognize, but we also know from his work in Scott Pilgrim that he can also be a dick. Chris Evans oh, as nice. Captain Amazing. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice. What do you got, Brian? Brad Pitt. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Oh, I would love to do that. Really, you know good. what? And he doesn't get enough comedy roles. I, he's what are you talking about? He was in Deadpool too. Oh, that's <laughs> as, as the Invisible Boy for like one frame. That is so uh, great. That's brilliant. Um, All right, here we go. The top three. Okay, I'm gonna start with the Blue Raja. Okay, uh, I'm gonna take your Sasha Baron Cohen from earlier. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take your Simon Pegg from earlier. Whoa! Yeah, oh, nice. You got chocolate uh, in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> At Alan Tudyk. Alan oh. Tudyk. Oh, my God. Yes, because he does voices. That would sound fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Brian, you're winning He this was Hey, Hey, the Chicken. That's right. <laughs> did you ever see Moana? I did not. You should see that movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> Alan Tudyk's finest voice performance. Ah, nice. His children are actually in college. He doesn't have to but watch you Moana. Should, you should watch Moana. It's a good movie. Uh, all right. So next, The Shoveler. Yeah. Okay. Mine is Nick Offerman. Oh my God, that's fantastic, nice. Ron Swanson! I almost like, I shovel. I, almost, I shovel well. <laughs> Please and thank you. That's uh, better than mine, which was J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is fucking good, though. Hey, yeah. hey, that's not bad. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah I struggled with this one the most. Mm-hmm. I because yeah, I wanted, I actually wanted. I pictured a big action scene at the end with the shoveler, uh-huh. so I needed somebody who could pull the comedy and the and the, the action. action. I went Matt Damon. That's good. <laughs> He's about that age That's now. That's really good, though. He's I could see old. him doing that sincere, I shovel, yes. I shovel well. Like yes. I could see him doing that. Oh, great. Uh, all right, Furious. Mr. Furious. I went with Paul Rudd. I went with Paul Rudd. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Get out of my mind. <laughs> I thought about Paul Rudd. Okay, go with me here. I this, do, too, constantly. <laughs> all right. Peter Dinklage. I love that outside the box Uh, that's really good did you guys do director I have a director oh I did not oh I bet I could I went with Edgar Wright Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller there you go I hear they're available yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh I would do James Gunn 
That's good, you, oh, man. fantastic, man. All right, let us know how you would recast Mystery Men or if you have thoughts about the movie, stuff that uh, you've been screaming at the podcast that we haven't mentioned, or if you disagree with us, if you really agree with us on stuff. Just let us know about it. Go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash editingbay. Or in the search function, put in the editing bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us and let us know your thoughts. And if you've got ideas for movies, you'd like for us to talk about in the future, you can go ahead and put your suggestions there. Uh, we've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is not The Editing Bay. It's not Edit Bay. It's EditingBay.com. Please go there. Bookmark it anytime you need to know anything about The Editing Bay. That's where you'll find it. The aforementioned Facebook page, our social media networks, also our Twitter handle, which is at The Editing Bay. Please follow us there. When you do, you're going to be the first to know what movie we're talking about next week. I've already pre-announced this one and last week's, and and uh, maybe by this point I'll have uh, pre-announced next week's movie. All that and more on EditingBay.com. Hey, uh, if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app in the search function, you're probably using it right now. In the search function for that, put in the Editing Bay, and uh, you'll see our page there. Tap on that, and you can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what we're doing right. Uh, If you have some criticism, make it legit. Don't be a dick about it and be like, I hate the way that guy Joe sounds, because I can't change that. <laughs> Said no like, one ever. You know what? I wish you guys would do you know dramatic readings from the the, the no, message boards. Also again. said no one <laughs> ever. <laughs> but something along. If you've got any ideas, let us know. We'd love to hear about it, and then you know share the podcast with your friends. Yeah. Try to grow this thing up to forty five hundred listeners. Now, Man, buddy. you've got to be. I can't believe there are that many Russian bots <laughs> <laughs> that are looking for podcasts about movies. Uh, all right. So what are we gonna do next week? Well, Joe. Joe, the next episode we drop uh, will be appearing in your little podcast app on the 4th of July, Independence Day. So it seems only fitting that we do something to honor this great this great uh, country. And what better way to uh, talk about the power and might of, uh, of this, this great land. <laughs> this, this land? Talk about us uh, when, we, when we conquered the skies. A uh-huh. little film I like to call Top Gun. Yeah? Starring one Tom Cruise. Yeah. And uh, Edward, what's that guy's name? From ER. Anthony Edwards? Anthony Edwards. There you go. Never trust a man with two first names. Oh, okay. Top Gun, guys. Top Gun. Uh, Never have you seen so much sexual tension between Tom Cruise and another dude. Everybody. (laughs) Like, what was... uh, uh, um, Iceman. Yeah, that's Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, the greatest love story (laughs) of the 80s. It's Top Gun. You can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> no, you could be, be mine. mine. <laughs> <laughs> you could be mine. Hey, Brian, do you have anything that you want to plug? Oh, I've got nothing. Gotta, I'm, got... I'm, I'm here with you guys, man. This is... No. <laughs> Sally, what? <laughs> Sally products? Thought, what am I going to plug? I thought something really profound <laughs> no, was about to come no. out. <laughs> no, guys, I'm here with you, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm here so damn happy movies. to see you guys. Well, maybe a sequel to Roach Man coming oh, in the future? Cool. Hey, what are you doing, you Joe? Can, yeah, uh, nothing. I do voice work, though, at Funimation, so you can hear me on shows like uh, Hakata Tonks Ramens. Easy for you to say. Or Sayuki Reload Blast. God bless you. Uh, yeah. Um, but, guys, Roachman, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen Brian Harden's Roachman... Uh, Starring Joe Kuchinai. IMDB, look up Roachman. It's got its own IMDB page now. It's on YouTube, and right? And a link it is. to it's the YouTube. YouTube site Hell yeah. where you can watch the movie in its entirety along with all of the DVD bonuses. Oh, really? So ch- check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the, right. They're all yeah. on it. They're all on it. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and check that out. Brian, thank you so much, man. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's always, pleasure to be here. Always, well, always a pleasure just to see you mm-hmm. and happy to have you on. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. We'll see you guys next week for Top Gun. (laughs) Playing, playing with the boys. (laughs) You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.